0: we have Colin Dothit here with us. Colin, so happy you're here. How's it going?
1: It's going well. Thank you guys so much for having me.
0: Awesome. Before we head into the interview, here's a little bit about Colin. Colin is the founder and owner of Atlas Property Management and has been in the real estate space for just three years. Prior to real estate, Colin had a professional career as an engineer for seven years. Just being in real estate for three years, he already currently manages over 300 units which speaks great length in itself. So it sounds like you made a huge leap from the corporate world into real estate, and it's been great for you, so can't wait to hear more about it. So Colin, let's begin, and could you please tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you stated, I am the uh, owner of Atlas Property Management, but in addition to that, I am an investor as well. I actually got started in real estate as an investor. And then after a couple of years of that, I decided to start my own property management company, as well as our own uh, construction company as well, that does all the maintenance and rehabs there. And um, yeah, I think, you know, we've continued to see growth. We're up over uh, 360 doors now, and we've got uh, another hundred in the pipeline. That's
0: great.
2: Perfect. Uh, What made you want to start your own property management company?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. So when I was managing my own properties, when I first got started, um, when I was unceremoniously let go from the corporate world, I only had a seven unit multifamily building that I was managing or owning. So I was managing it myself, doing maintenance, handling all the calls, screening, etc. And as I started to grow that portfolio over the next 24 months, we got to 60 or 70 doors. And I decided it'd be really great if I could have somebody that would help me out on my team, do some of the management stuff. So I didn't have to do all the daily operations. And I thought if I could grow a property management company that had enough third party management to where it paid for my manager, I could essentially get my stuff managed for free. Um, More of just like an ancillary benefit than looking at the property management company as a business and revenue uh, source itself. And then as I started talking about property management, I had an introduction made to somebody that was looking to sell a property management company, kind of went through some of that due diligence process, looked into their books and was like, and this is uh, this could be, you know, a good business model that I, and I kind of like it. I've already got the systems in place. I had already started using Buildium, So I decided, um, you know, I was gonna try to buy that company. Unfortunately that fell through. So I just then decided to start my own. And that's kind of, you know, and grow past just having somebody help me manage my properties. Awesome. So if you're an investor
2: and someone that wants to start a third party or a your own property management company, what are some other reasons other than what you had um, for you to start your own property management company versus hiring a third
1: party? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, some of the benefits of starting your own is that you, know, you get exposed to a lot more assets and opportunities that, you know, you might not if you're just on the investing side. Uh, you know, obviously you get your own properties, uh, managed and you can have some more control over them or help managing your own properties. And you you don't have to deal with, um, uh, all the calls that you would, if you're just self-managing your own, obviously, once you start self-managing, you know, a certain number of units, you're going to have to have staff, but if you can streamline that process and, and have some other people help you out, um, you know, that was one of the benefits of starting a property management company.
2: Okay. And on the other side of that, why would someone want to hire a third party versus you know starting their own?
1: I guess location would be one, right? If you're out of state investor, you, you probably don't want to try to remotely manage a property management company. Uh, another reason is if you don't want to deal with the headaches of you know having personnel, payroll, uh, everything that comes with owning and running a business, uh, a third party is just a subcontractor then. And if you're dis, uh, dissatisfied with them, you can you know, try to find one that you like better as opposed to having to fire an employee and rehire an employee and have a gap in you know, workload and everything like that that comes with you know, owning your own. Yeah. Talk more about the
2: challenges of owning your own property management company. I mean, I I used to work for a property management company, but for golf courses, uh, Lolita currently does. And so we know the daily ins and outs of, you know, running a business like that. There's so many moving pieces. Like you said, there's payroll. So it's a people business, you need to hire, fire, you have turnover. What are some other big challenges that you have with owning a property management company?
1: I mean, so just a, um, you know any of the normal business challenges like you stated uh, those those don't go away just cuz it's in the real estate space um you know one of the things that i found interesting is we we have two customers at the end of the day on with on different ends of the spectrums with kind of aligned goals but kind of not always aligned goals um you know if you're a regular business you know you've got one customer you're you know retail you've got the person that's buying your product here we have an investor that their goal is to have a good quality property, hopefully, and to make as much money off that as possible with getting the rents uh, up to market renter as high as possible and keeping maintenance costs as low as possible. And our other customer, the ones that tend to be more vocal are the tenants and their goals are to have their rent as cheap as possible and um, discover as many maintenance issues that need to be addressed as possible and then be upset if they're not addressed within six hours. Yep. And so, so how do you deal with that balance? <clears throat> well, initially we had it set up to where the property managers on my team, they interface with the tenants and I interface with the owners. As our scale grew, um, we made the decision that it was best for each property manager to have that relationship with both sides of that party, because as the scale grew, my ability to know all the details of every single property kind of diminished. So if each property manager knows their portfolio, uh, they work with that. Uh, really, we just try to communicate with both sides as much as possible to to work with that relationship and um, understand that we're probably going to have a longer term relationship with the investor than we are with the tenant. So if the investor's goal is to get rent up to market rate and um, the, the tenant doesn't like that idea that they may leave and you know we're going to bring somebody in at, at market rate. Um, so you know, we try to focus on, on both relationships, um, but know that we have the goals of the investor in mind because we are in charge of their asset and managing it for them.
2: All right. okay, talk about some of the systems and SOPs and that standard operating procedures that need to be put in place when you're operating a successful uh, property management company.
1: Well, first thing I would would think about would be let's make sure you're in legal compliance because you're going to have to worry about um, you know fair housing laws, discrimination, um, you know what are all your states and counties rules and regulations. Um, you know, so making sure we have some procedures in place that we're not discriminating against people, like that's been a big one. And then internally, we've also made um, some, we call them standard workflows. They're essentially SOPs as well, uh, that we use to help walk through some of the steps of onboarding a new owner, bringing on a new tenant, uh, you know, just documenting some of the processes internally.
2: Okay. And I don't know if you remember, but how long did it take you to get all these things set up before you started Atlas?
1: Uh, we kind of set them up on the fly. Okay. You know, we, when we brought in basically my properties, when we started the company and then, uh, you know, they were open for business, you know, I, I wasn't always on top of all my stuff. Um, you know, this is what I say. If you do the EOS, right. We're trying to work to implement some EOS. There's visionaries and there's integrators. I was the visionary. I brought on a great integrator to help me make sure all of our, um, steps were needing to get done within the process and the workflow. So that was, um, that's been a huge help to help her help take care of some of that stuff.
2: Okay, and then you mentioned Buildium as your platform you use uh, for housing all your data. Can you talk about how you utilize that platform?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Buildium is the only property management software we've ever used. Um, it came as a referral to us from a friend that was using it, and we've been very happy with it. <clears throat> what one thing that I really like about it is every service that we need is integrated within Buildium. So you know. We can do all our background checks, we can do all our leases, get them signed online. Um, they have um, great uh, inspection software, Happy Inspector, that integrates into Buildium. So we can go out, we do an inspection, we take all the photos, make all the notes, and it syncs it right back in so that we have, you know, we can store the leases, we can store any addendums, uh, and then we can store the move-in, move-out inspections, semi-annual inspections on there with photos, and it just all syncs up and integrates uh, into that tenant profile really nicely. Okay.
2: What top three skills do you need to have as an investor before you start going into starting your own property management company? What do you think the three top skill sets are?
1: Hmm. I guess being able to um, be a successful investor or understand the investor mindset would be number one because that's one of the things that, that I brought to the table is when I was talking to new investors is that, oh yeah, well, I'm an investor too. I understand your pain points. Um, so that would that would be the first one that I would say um, you know, a level of organization and, and understanding of the big picture as well, because you're going to have, um, a lot of moving pieces with the property management company with owning the business. But additionally, you still have all your responsibilities to your own properties as well. You've still got to pay bills, pay taxes, et cetera. And you really just double the number of checks and bills and everything that you have to, you have to worry about at that point. Um, and then additionally, as an investor, that's going to start their own property management company. Um, you know, I guess you got to have some sort of business acumen to understand how to how to run a business because um, running properties is different than running a business. Yep,
2: hundred percent. All right, great. And so, at what point do you think an investor should start their own property management company? You know, in the multifamily space where we're from, a lot of people say there's that thousand unit number, but I know people, you know, like yourself, you have a couple hundred units, maybe you have less than a hundred units. Mm-hmm. Is there a rule of thumb as far as number of units, and you know, what is it that ultimately um, is the trigger for um, being just an investor who uses a third party to getting a uh, starting your own
1: mm-hmm. i mean i 'd say first you 're going to need some concentration in one area if you 've got a thousand units across ten different states that 's probably not going to make sense for you to start your own company um, you 're more than likely I would say you want to be there so you can work with overseeing your property managers, your maintenance staff uh, etc as far as scale goes you know, if you want to just self-manage and have your own internal property management company, you know, you could do it with hundred to 150 units. Um, you know, they, there's a certain number of doors that you need per property manager to, at least in, in our analysis, every company is going to run it differently, but to be profitable, right? Uh, they need to bring in X dollars of rent per month. So, you know, making sure you've got that minimum number, uh, a minimum amount of rent per property manager. Uh, and, and overhead and everything like that. But I'm going to say that, you know, the number's probably going to be around two to 300, that it would make sense because you're going to have some uh, additional overhead that you didn't have before.
2: Okay. Now you mentioned, you know, how many property managers per, uh, per rent being brought, brought in. In your market, how many doors do you say that each manager has to control in order to make it profitable?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from, you know, my conversations with other property managers there's two schools of thought with property managers companies how they can be structured one is going to be the generalist so this property manager they manage these doors and they're going to be in charge of showing of leasing scheduling maintenance in addition to all of the other property management responsibilities move out inspections etc then there's going to be a more specialized approach and this is the one that we take so we have a commission-based leasing agent so we take leasing screening um, showings completely off our property manager's plates. And we have a maintenance coordinator as well. So we take maintenance off their plates. So we're thinking um, that we can hit between 200 to 250 probably per manager, depending on how intensely they need to be managed on customer base, asset quality, et cetera.
2: Okay. And that leasing agent, is that pure commission or does they get mm-hmm. a base salary as well?
1: No, she's pure commission.
2: Oh wow! Okay, and then they sell your entire portfolio, or are they only in charge of a
1: a certain number of doors? Currently, we just we have one leasing agent. She's able to handle everything.
2: Wow. Okay. Awesome. That's an interesting concept. I know that's not typical in um, most larger multifamily, but it's an interesting concept. I mean, that person is essentially a salesperson, you know, and I think a lot of times people hire that second person as like an assistant manager, where really with the lease up person, you need a salesperson just so to have them as a commission basis, you know, makes total sense.
1: Yeah, she she really is uh, incentivized to hustle. Uh, You know, she'll put in six days a week, but she won't start work until three or four in the afternoon because that's when people are starting to get off work and they want to see the vacant units. So she's got a different schedule than everybody else keeps, but yeah, she's a hundred percent incentivized to get doors leased up with quality tenants. Of course, we don't want her just throwing any garbage tenant in there. So we have to, you know, still pass all our standards. Okay. But yeah. She's incentivized to get them filled up and um, you know, she says she's still got more bandwidth on how many units she can turn per month. So, so
2: is this something where she gets paid per lease up and then also she gets paid to maintain a certain amount of um, total occupancy for your portfolio with some bonuses and things like that? Or is it just
1: strictly just per lease up? Just per lease up. So we take a percentage uh, upfront for a lease up fee and mm-hmm. um, you know, we make some margin on it depending on the size of the property and, and the con- uh, property management agreement that's been negotiated. Uh, so our margin varies. Um, but yeah, so she's just straight percentage of first month's rent.
2: Okay. All right. Well, I know one of the challenges of property management is dealing with owners, right? I mean, especially mm-hmm. if you have multiple owners, if you're doing single-family homes and smaller multifamilies, you you have a huge stack of owners. What is it that owners can actually do to help uh, partner with property management companies? Because I think that's often, you know, something that is difficult to handle. As an owner myself, with single families, it's more kind of saying, "Hey, why is it not like this? Why is this not like that? Mm-hmm. Where's my rent?" What can owners do from a standpoint to make the life of a property management company easier?
1: Well, we help a lot of multifamily investors right now with repositioning of assets. So, you know, they're really dilapidated. They need bad tenants out, good tenants in, just better management overall. One thing they can do is, you know, work with the manager to set up a plan and a goal you know, not just say, Hey, make it better. They could say, I'd like to have my average rent across the portfolio. This, we want to spend this much in rehab. Um, we have the construction company in house. So a lot of times we're integrating better management, better tenants and rehabbing the properties all in one. So we're trying to put together a comprehensive plan with goals. You know, they could say, Hey, like this percent increase, um, You know, year over year in in the rent for the first three years, we have one owner that brought that to us, which has been really helpful so that every time we lease up, we can say, hey, you wanted, you know, your goal was 7% per year. This one hit 12%. So just heads up, you know, we're helping you achieve your goals. And then, um, you know, be willing to have that conversation more than one time with the property manager, kind of review it on a monthly basis. Um, because as much as we want to give as much attention to the owners as we can, you know, once you hit 30, 40 owners, you might not always remember all the plans that you had set forth. So like, Hey, what was the goal on this one again? And just be understanding that, you know, we're trying to execute your goal and we want it to be as, you know, as successful as possible. Perfect. How has COVID nineteen
2: impacted your business over the last three months? And and what do you foresee in the future that is basically going to be long-lasting impact and a change in how property
1: management is done in the future? Mm-hmm. So for us, it was it, it was a weird time anyway. We've grown throughout COVID. We've added a hundred units during COVID. So that that hasn't slowed us down at all. We've been limiting the number of people in a showing to to 10 uh, people in the house or apartment at a time and masks and hand sanitizer. Um, Our leasing agent, she's always got that on hand, which is really helpful. We had a handful of people that have had payment related issues. Um, We are getting them out now that everything's back open for that out here in Kansas and Missouri. Um, Long-term, I don't, I don't know what the long-term effects are going to be right now. We still are repositioning and doing a ton of rehab and a lot of assets and getting vacant units leased up. So aside from having a few tenants that took a bad turn on us that you know, we're going to have to get rid of for, for whatever reason, we haven't had any long-term ramifications that we we're going to see. Okay,
2: great. That is good news because I know other markets are, are definitely not seeing that. So uh, anything else that we haven't covered on property management that you want to cover?
1: No, not at this moment. We've, we've talked about
2: quite a bit of the business. Okay, great. Lilith is going to take us into our final four questions. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, go ahead.
0: All right, Colin, here we go. What is the one tool you use in real estate investing that you cannot do without?
1: Mm, probably G Suite. Uh, we use Google Drive and everything else like that. We are extremely mobile. That was the goal when we set it up. So we use Google Drive and Gmail and everything like that a lot.
0: Can you tell us a story about your biggest mistake in real estate investing and what is the main takeaway for our listeners?
1: Yeah, yeah, this one I'm still working through Um, is uh, we bought a package of houses in a tertiary market that needed a fair amount of renovation. We underestimated our ability to cash flow that and did not take out a construction loan. And so now we've got high vacancies and we're having to save, scrimp and invest more money into the property to... Uh, get these houses turned into a condition that we feel confident renting them in. We don't want to rent garbage. And so, you know, my biggest takeaway on that is uh, always take out a construction loan and then add another 10 or 15% on top of that.
0: What is it that you need to do now to grow your life to the next level?
1: To grow my life to the next level, I need to continue to delegate responsibilities.
0: And finally, Colin, where can people find out more about you?
1: Uh, our property management websites, www.atlas.rentals, or they can look me up on LinkedIn at Atlas property management or at Colin Douthat on LinkedIn.
0: Perfect. Colin, thanks for sharing your real estate experience and journey with us today and for being on our show.
1: Thank you guys so much for having me. It was a great time.